This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now, your News Talk host, Linda Swain. Taste of the Boys of Summer. That's our theme today with uh, the warm temperatures and uh, the recent wrap-up of the annual Mike Bust Baseball Classic in St. John's. Well, did you manage to keep cool the weekend? I I did. Now, what I like is... um I don't love sitting out in the sun. I like looking at how bright it is, but I don't like feeling the heat. So we have a uh, an overhang on our patio. So, you know, sun lovers are not going to love our patio, but I love it because it's really cool out there. My front deck is in the shade ah. of the house in okay. the afternoon. So that's where I like to perch myself yes and look at all the goings on you know in the neighborhood <laughs> and looking across the waterford valley and uh yeah that's my little piece of heaven uh, with a few flowers around me that's where i like to be yeah. perched in in the shade uh but enjoying the uh, the outdoors the and hearing the bird song and stuff like that yeah, yeah. absolutely they woke me up this morning the little darlings oh. <laughs> uh, they start kind of early uh, they, four-ish they or so yeah 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 it's quite amazing they got a lot of things to be at <laughs> i really thought one day one morning i woke up i thought it was because there were bird noises on the sleep app i'm using but it was actually i think the real <laughs> birds the actual birds <laughs> like what reality what, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's funny. I thought of you all weekend, Claudette. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I'll tell you the reason why. is because our last conversation going off on Wednesday was about COVID. Oh, yes, right? it was. And how I had COVID and I didn't want to get it again. Well, I yeah. didn't get COVID again, but I got that darn summer cold or flu that's going around. You were. So, I wanted to ask you. I didn't think it would be appropriate on here, but how are you? I'm good. Okay, I'm, but I've got that. Over it now, uh-huh. thankfully. It went, you know, it... it progressed rather quickly and then I got rid of it rather quickly I'm still you know I have this lasting cough thing so I warn people I gotta turn off the mic from time to time Mm -hmm. and have a little cough but uh yeah it was it's just enough to keep you mildly miserable but somehow being mildly miserable in the summer is more miserable to be mildly miserable <laughs> in the winter. Does that make sense? It does because you know you really want to be out and doing things. Yeah. So when really. you're like, eh, I can't go anywhere because uh, yeah. you know people are gonna ostracize me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gonna have to be miserable in the heat. Yeah. So anyway, I'm over it now. Thank you to Brian <laughs> Callahan for hopping in. I was uh, working Wednesday and I could slowly feel myself just oh, diving. Wah. Yeah. And yeah, by that evening, I was like, no, sir. Well, it's, I'm glad this you're is on not working. Let's hope it's not going to happen a third time. Would you be quiet now? <laughs> no. Oh, my, oh, my. It's some glad, I'm so glad to be back with you, Claudette. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, warm temperatures. It's another hot day today. You said 29 degrees in the capital city right yeah, now. Yeah, and uh, the human exit in early 30s in the in the yeah. 30s somewhere and of course even warmer than that over on the west coast and deer Central. lake oh deer lake i saw that news story one of the warmest places in canada, in canada. right now would you believe so yeah, yeah. i surprised by that well we're getting payback now for that june we endured oh yeah january january chow 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 <laughs> i always think of that cat commercial what was it 
January. I don't know. Now I'm going to have to Google it. (laughs) That's going to be stuck in all of our heads. You can thank Linda Swain for that. (laughs) Anyway, I digress. Uh, But we're going to talk a little bit about the the weather temperatures, uh, warm temps and high humidity, of course, the order of the day for most parts of the island. But how long will it last? David Neal of the Environment Canada Weather Office in Gander joins me now. Hello, David. Hello. How are you today? Good. I hope you have air conditioning where you are. Uh, yes, fairly cool where I'm sitting right now, but certainly it's uh, out, uh, out this way out in Gander. It's a, it's a sticky one, that's for sure. Yeah, so uh, what, are, what are the temperatures looking like right now across the province? Uh, well, as it stands right now, actually, uh, according to uh, the, uh, our website here, uh, Deer Lake uh, right now is uh, sitting at 30.1 degrees. It's actually the warmest, uh, in terms of uh, stations that we have, it's actually the warmest in Canada right now. Uh, so sitting at uh, 30.1, Humidex around 35. Uh, we do expect, uh, and looking at several uh, several other stations on the island in uh, western and central, uh, seeing a lot of temperatures in that sort of 28 to 30 degree uh, range so uh, and with the humidex in the kind of the low to mid 30s right now so uh, some pretty uh, warm sticky conditions uh, uh, across uh, uh, quite quite a bit of the island. So we didn't get that uh, expected possible 40 degree humidex uh, figure that uh, you were warning about earlier today. Uh, now, what we're looking at there with that, actually, uh, for today, expecting conditions to be a little bit less humid through the day today. So a lot of the uh, peak humid X values that we're looking at are in more in the mid-30s. But uh, looking tomorrow, uh, especially areas in the central and the northeast, uh, expecting things to be just a touch more uh, a touch more humid. So uh, I think looking at uh, those humid X values near 40 are, are expected more into tomorrow. So either way, uh, looking at uh, just, just the fact that you're we're looking at this multi-day uh, event, and especially with uh, overnight lows uh, uh, down, only getting to about 20, you know, 19 or 20. It's uh, uh, looking like a pretty, pretty prolonged uh, period of uh, of, of uh, kind of warm and humid uh, conditions. Now we know the the health dangers in extreme cold, you know, exposure uh, to extreme cold. But what about ex- exposure or prolonged exposure to extreme heat? What kind of things do we need to keep in mind? Uh, well, especially for um, uh, if for people who who need to be outside and working and things like that, uh, uh, certainly uh, any uh, extended exposure to these types of conditions uh, puts puts uh, people at higher risk of uh, certain uh, like heat related conditions like heat stroke or heat exhaustion, uh, things like dehydration, stuff like that. So uh, definitely uh, uh, something to keep in mind if you do need to be outside for any extended period. Uh, also, too, uh, any people who are kind of higher risk, uh, higher risk uh, parts of the population. So, looking at uh, much younger people or older people, uh, pregnant women, things like that. Uh, and yeah, as, as I mentioned, anybody who has who who kind of has to work outside or or is going to be out uh, outside for a prolonged period, uh, certainly a good idea to uh, to definitely uh, try to keep the keep outdoor activities to kind of the cooler parts of the day. So, looking more into the kind of more the early to mid morning and then getting into the uh, the evening hours as well um, and if you do need to be outside and during the the warmest parts of the day a uh, good idea to uh, try to take breaks get into the shade uh, get into some air conditioning and uh, and certainly to stay hydrated as well so what's contributing to this this warm temperature 
Uh, so what we've seen right now is a, is a very prolonged uh, southwesterly flow, and in, in the summertime that tends to be uh, the type of uh, type of wind direction, type of flow that will bring those those warm, uh, humid temperatures uh, over over parts of uh, parts of the province. Um, now anywhere where that wind is blowing on shore, so area parts of the coast right along the south and west coasts, uh, th- those areas of the island, of course, will stay a little bit cooler just because of that onshore uh, flow off the cooler water uh, but uh, any place else that, that that's uh, that's inland uh, um, or where you're getting that flow going offshore uh, that's when those uh, those temperatures uh, can really start to creep up and uh, and get quite warm uh, into uh, into the afternoon so for those who find this a little too much uh, are, is there any relief in sight uh, for uh, parts, so we basically we have the, the heat warnings going on for portions of western, central, and the northeast. So in those westernmost areas, uh, d- it does look like we'll see some relief starting tomorrow. So it's good news for those folks. Looks like um, we do have a bit of uh, a bit more cloud moving in and just some spotty showers. That should keep things a, a little bit on the cooler side. Um, but for areas of central and northeastern Newfoundland, uh, looks like this is going to stick around uh, at least through winter. Wednesday, uh, where we're looking at those uh, high temperatures getting towards 30, 31 uh, overnight lows again, right around the uh, right around 20 degrees, um, and then we lo- it looks like we will see a little bit of relief getting into uh, that late part of the week, the Thursday thir- into Thursday. Uh, but even with that said, still looking at daytime highs uh, uh, getting into the mid 20s and possibly even upwards to 27, 28 in some areas for uh, for a couple of days after. So that will bring a little relief. Uh, uh, but uh, certainly the next few days are going to be uh, quite warm and humid. Hot and sticky. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, David Neal, I do appreciate your time. Thank you. Not a problem. Thank you. Well, the boys of summer still very much among us. We'll speak with Baseball NL coming up right after this. This is News Talk. Stay informed and have your say on the news of the day with your VOCM. Join Linda Swain weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you. News Talk on your VOCM. And we're back. Well, I got the chance to take in some of the Mike Buse Classic in St. John's on the weekend. It was great to see the kids, boys and girls, coming out to play some uh, really exciting baseball under sunny skies the weekend. My next guest is the executive director of minor baseball with Baseball NL, Kristen Coley. Well, Kristen Coley, another um, Mike Buse Classic is in the books. How'd it go? It was a great weekend. We had awesome weather, great participation and sportsmanship from teams, and our staff did a great job at the fields uh, in, in some battling some tough heat. So it was an awesome weekend. What makes this particular tournament so popular? I think. Um, St. John's has a long history of hosting great sporting events, uh, so it's it's a name that we like to live up to. So we put in a lot of time and effort uh, to make it a great weekend. Um, normally, we have a lot of help from the city of St. John's in terms of maintaining facilities and having access to additional facilities, so it makes it possible for us to host so many teams. So big kudos for them for their help this weekend as well. Did the hot weather cause you any concern? 
No, um, thankfully, baseball is one of those sports where it's a little more uh, low and slow, as they say. So it's actually nice to play a game when you're not wearing long sleeves or gloves or uh, battling the rain. So it was a great weekend, and uh, hopefully next year we'll have similar weather. So how many um, teams participated this year? So we had 52 teams um, split into 11 different divisions. That's amazing. So how do you juggle the logistics of all of that? <laughs> uh, it's definitely a challenge. Um, it's a learning experience every year. The more teams, more issues, uh, you know, trying to find places for everyone to play and get uh, a good number of games. Uh, so a lot of work goes into it over the past few weeks. So all of our staff now are taking a few days to, uh, I guess, come down from having such a great weekend. And I suppose it speaks to the popularity of baseball, the growing popularity of baseball. For sure. As this tournament has changed over the last few years and, and continued to develop, uh, we're definitely seeing some changes. You know, we have full female divisions now, um, which we never used to have in the past. So we're definitely able to provide more options. And that just means that there's more growth and development of the sport in the metro region, which is amazing to see. So you're continuing to see a baseball, um, you know, build and grow throughout the province? Yep, absolutely. So the last few years, um, our numbers in the province have continually increased in terms of players. Uh, and this year has been no different so far. So it's really exciting to see um, in terms of provincial championships for baseball in Newfoundland. It looks like it will be the most uh, minor teams who ever participate in 2023. Just amazing. Now, with this growing popularity, I would imagine, it, it puts a bit of a strain on the availability of uh, fields and that sort of thing. And I know in St. John's, at, at, at the very least, there's not a lot of fields that are, are lit. Is that something that Baseball Newfoundland and Labrador is looking at working with municipalities on? Absolutely. So availability of fields, especially age-appropriate fields, is always a, a concern. Um, since we brought on female programs um, and we pushed to have you know, uh, female baseball in the Canada Games, we're always working and looking towards new facilities to actually meet the needs of those groups. Um, you know, Canada Games is going to be 16 new female. Right now we don't really have a facility for that age group, so it's definitely something that we have our eye on, and it's something that all local associations are definitely working towards if we want to keep hosting large events. And of course, that availability into the evening hours. Uh, right now, we're good till about 8.30 or so, but that's going to quickly change in the next week or two. <laughs> Absolutely, which definitely, this, the timing of this tournament uh, is, is definitely uh, purposeful for that reason. But anytime we have access to lights is, is great. We have a few fields in the city um, where we have access, and the kids love playing under the lights. It's something a little special and different, so it's nice to be able to offer that for them. Would you like to see more of that sort of thing? Oh, anytime we can have upgrades to facilities and make it, uh, you know, make baseball more accessible to players, because unfortunately we have wait lists every year to try to get uh, kids in. City does the best they can to give us additional field uh, allocation, which they did a great job with this year. So allows us to have more players, but more facilities definitely means more players, which is, is something that is always on our, um, I guess, uh, planning list for the next year. And what about the rest of the province? Is it catching on similarly in Central West Coast, uh, Conception Bay North, Labrador? 
Yes, so uh, not to let the cat out of the bag, but um, in the next, well, I guess I am, but um, we we do have an official or will have an official association uh, in Labrador this summer, um, which is very exciting from a baseball Newfoundland perspective. Um, So there's almost 200 kids in Labrador playing, which is great. Um, Conception Bay North um plays in our metro uh, area association for baseball and were was a part of the Mike Buse Classic this weekend and also there's lots of big tournaments outside of metro as well so the Mary Tavner tournament in Cornerbrook uh was the weekend before last I attended it was amazing great weather great facilities they had um, a new clubhouse that recently opened in the last few years which is amazing um and there's some more events coming up in central so the end of July there's a fantastic tournament it's the big biggest tournament in the female baseball calendar um, and it's an all-female event um, and it's hosted in Grand Falls they have a beautiful facility out there with three baseball fields side by side and a clubhouse so something we're very envious of in the metro region for sure. Kristen Coley really appreciate your time thank you so much. Thank you so much. And Kristen Coley is the executive director of Minor Baseball with Baseball NL. Uh, 52 teams participating in the Mike Bust Classic uh, this weekend. And um, uh, I don't know about you, Claudette, but it seems to me that baseball is is really taking off. I, I notice a lot of parents are at a lot of kids' games, you know. Yeah, and just I, I absolutely love the atmosphere. And you just can't get... What I like about the children, though, is like you're cheering for all of them to win as opposed to. You really (laughs) are. Yeah, like because sometimes, you know, you see someone and they're trying to give their all, but they're having a hard time. And when they get to the base, you're just who cares what team they're on they're just somebody's child so indeed and when you're not looking at you know the 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 triple a players you yeah know, when you're looking at the just the, the the ordinary kids going out there having a good time you know and some of them are, are great at bat but they don't really have that strong an arm mm-hmm. to or they get distracted or they get distracted. Oh, look, a butterfly, a you know. A butterfly, yeah. <laughs> um, my son last year, I can remember seeing him up, uh, up in the sh- uh, field in Shea Heights, and mm-hmm. it's got a lot of trees and woods around there. So they've got flies, of course. And yeah. so I remember seeing him, and I'm like, what is he doing out there? Here were the two arms just waving Flailing. around, yeah. waving around. I was like, you've got to pay attention, bud. And he's like, blah, bugs, flies, I hate them. <laughs> and taking the hat off and swatting at them. <laughs> and I mean, getting really frustrated, <laughs> and I thought it was just him. So I was like, "Man, you're going to have to pay attention." And then the next, uh, you Somebody know, next it? team went out, and they're all. Yeah. I said, "Wow, it must be really bad out there." <laughs> but uh, God loved them anyway, and uh, so it was great to watch the kids uh, having a good time yeah. and getting outside and getting outside is the big thing. Yeah, yeah, and having fun. What happened to softball? I know, like. Uh, kind of miss it some i thought some i know there's still, still a lot it. of softball there is still goes softball up. but yeah yeah it seems like more people are into the baseball for sure yeah lately i mean when we were growing up it was all softball, softball. yeah but now i i didn't i would be watching I yeah would, well were you a player <laughs> my god no no <laughs> Linda, there's so much i need to learn about you <laughs> i never had the patience yeah for one to sit on the bench but as an adult you you like watching your son play yes so. and i never had the patience to go out and stand in the outfield right and just some kids find that boring hey yeah like they find it hard to pay attention yeah oh 
<laughs> this one right here. Just you. You're the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if the... And you know what? I, I'm really all of a sudden really into the Blue Jays. Like, oh. over the last year or two, I've uh, suddenly become like a super fan. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I never thought because I used to think, ah, baseball, blah, blah, blah. But, but now, now you're into it. Now I'm totally, totally into it. Now, you know, I really would like to go to Toronto. Uh, Greg Smith Greg just Smith, came yeah. back from a Blue Jays game. I'm very envious. But, um, you know, like, now that they've changed the rules and it's a little bit quicker, a little mm -hmm. bit faster, you know, they they keep it going a bit. You don't have that time to drift off, right? Yeah, you're engaged and you're in the present moment. Yeah, I'm it. like all over it. Yeah, I'm loving it now. So many people in the station are like that. Yeah. Anyway, well, it remains Oh, yes, me. look at the time. It's news time. <laughs> yeah, news time. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the hot weather, how to protect yourself from the sun. Right. So many people do not reapply. Exactly. And we're going to talk a little bit about this uh, towards recovery uh, evaluation report that was finally released last week coming up after this. This is News Talk on VOCM. Join Greg Smith weeknights at 545 as he chats with local musicians about life, inspiration, shows, and new music. Tune into Soundcheck, your backstage pass to the local music scene on your VOCM. And we're back. And of course, when the temperature is uh, what it is lately, people tend to want to go outside. And when it's warm, uh, you tend to take those layers off, of course. As many as you can get As off. many as you can take off, but maybe you shouldn't be doing that. And uh, our next guest um, has some advice, I suppose, for people in uh, when it comes to sun safety. Bev Bar Barber is uh, with uh, Melanoma, um, sorry, Melanoma Canada Strides from Melanoma. She was involved in a great big fundraising event not too long ago. Hello, Bev. Hi, Linda. Thank you so much for taking my call today. Hey, no problem. And congratulations on uh, getting second place for, for top fundraising. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Uh, the amount of support that I've had uh, here on the Southern Shore and, and the surrounding area including you, um, has been amazing. And, uh, you know, we've certainly not only raised funds, but we, we've brought about some much-needed awareness around sun safety and how we can get outside and, and enjoy the weather. I mean, we uh, have that little lift when the sun is shining, and there's no reason to fear it if, as long as we can, you know, take the precautions to stay safe, um, to, you know, alleviate any issues with any type of skin cancer or, God forbid, melanoma. So I do have Linda, a few suggestions for your listeners. Um, um, people ask me um, how they can stay sun safe. Um, the UV radiation is at its peak from 11 to 3. So if you can seek shade during that time, uh, you know, your, your chances of um, damaging your skin are a lot less. Also, um, you know, you, you said about taking off the layers of clothes. I do recommend uh, sun protective clothing. Sometimes when we're out walking, you can get the the really uh, good um, um, UV protective clothing, and it's it's going to draw away from from that heat, so it's a bit looser. Um, and what, what's not covered in clothing, I highly recommend, um, and it is recommended by by um, professionals to apply an SPF of at least 50, a broad spectrum, which would be, uh, it would include uh, UVA and UVB, um, 15 minutes to your skin prior to any exposure, and then reapply. I think that's the issue people forget. Um, they don't reapply it, and it should be reapplied at least every two hours. 
In addition to that, um, you know, a, a, a broad brim hat uh, that shades your face, your neck, and your ears. And again, if you choose to wear a baseball hat, um, you know, it's great too. But just please remember, if it's not covered, then cover it with um, with some sunscreen. And last but not least is uh, sunglasses. If you can um, you know, wear wraparound sunglasses, those UVA and UVB um, rays are certainly very damaging to your eyes as well. All good advice. Uh, when you talk about UV protective clothing, what are you talking about? Is it just any old uh, type of material or is there certain types of materials that are better than others or colors that are better than others? or? Uh, so, uh, light colors, you can get the Omni Shield. Um, you'll see it. Um, I'm a big um, fan of Columbia. They're a big sponsor, actually, from Melanoma Canada. And uh, all of their clothing, their UV um, protective clothing, is widely available and coming in some really comfortable dresses, tops, hats, bags, you know, in um, all kinds of things to help us along our way. All very uh, wise information and for, uh, uh, I mean, should you avoid the sun altogether? I mean, we get so little um, of this type of uh, weather in this province. Um, Should we avoid it altogether or just be wise? We need to be wise. I I personally, um, I love outdoors. I'm very much an advocate, you know, outdoors, um, hiking, all of it. Um, My health and um, really depends on my wisdom and being informed and getting information that is going to help me to be able to get outside and live my life normal and natural. Um, So I do follow all of the rules, all of the ideas given to me. Uh, by professionals and that you know the, the five that I had just given you but again I mean the sun is a part of our life we just need to to be sun smart with it and you're doing such a great job in keeping people informed and we do appreciate that uh, wholeheartedly and obviously it's it's having an impact because people are joining you in this journey and they're they're making sure that others are aware it is, and it is huge, Linda. Um, four years ago, when I first started, um, one of the women messaged me today, actually regarding uh, our award. And when we started four years ago, we had a small walk through the stride in Melanoma. I believe there was, we might have had 30, 30 people come through. And uh, this past May, um, when we held it, we had uh, over 50 people, uh, sorry, over 150 people raising um, approximately $10,000. So we've, uh, we've done really, really well and people who are asking questions and getting moles checked and doing all of the uh, all of the things that they should be doing again to stay sun safe and, and, and healthy. Just amazing. Bev Barber, uh, thank you so much for sharing this information. Very important information with us and uh, all the very best to you. Really appreciate this and congratulations on your award. Thank you and you're very welcome. Uh, that is Bev Barber with Strides for Melanoma, who has uh, won the uh, second place Rays of Hope Top Fundraising Team Award for their Strides for Melanoma, which took place on the Southern Shore back in May. And she has some very, very good tips there on keeping sun safe, especially in this kind of weather. Well, coming up, more reaction to the evaluation report on Towards Recovery, the province's strategy on mental health and addictions, finally released. Uh, last week. This is News Talk on VOCM. 
Start your day off right. Get the latest updates on news, traffic, and weather conditions, plus interviews with today's newsmakers, your go-to source before you get on the go. 5.30 to 9 a.m. weekdays, your VOCM mornings. And we're back. Well, the provincial government last week released the long-awaited evaluation report on Towards Recovery, the province's mental health and addictions strategy. Well, I spoke with child psychologist Dr. Janine Hubbard on VOCM Open Line this morning about her take on the report. Towards recovery, and I know this is something that Patty Daly had been bringing up last week in the the latest evaluation report and uh, how lacking it was in certain areas. Uh, We're looking for your opinion on that. Certainly, and my apologies to Patty. Last week was a bit of a chaotic week, so I wasn't able... Normally, I can drop everything and find time for them, and my schedule didn't permit. So I guess we're continuing the conversation on to this week um, because I think this is one that, you know, I have a strong attachment to um, actually one of my first big government presentations was to the Towards Recovery Committee back in 2015, if you can believe it, on behalf of APNL and talking about some of the concerns um, and gaps in services for psychologists and uh, where we saw that psychologists could be better used within the system. Um, so that was a long time ago. Um, so first thing, I want to give a major Major shout out and uh, kudos to the many, many, many people who were involved in all of the subcommittees uh, trying to produce this document. Um, there's no question that there was a tremendous amount of work that has gone into it. Um, and there have been some really significant victories. Um, you know, I think back to 2015 and things like the increase in the mobile crisis units, um, things like some of the availability for short-term initiatives, for same-day services. Those are things that really uh, either didn't exist or existed in very limited use uh, back in that time, not to mention some of the online things, which, of course, you know, technology and COVID and all the rest of it has significantly um, sped up. Um, So, you know, I think it's really important to talk about the fact that there have been some major accomplishments made before kind of getting into some of the uh, criticisms. Well, indeed, and I've heard some people say, you know, the, the, the short-term measures and the short-term actions <laughs> appear to be there, but what about the long-term? Because that's where we're really seeing some uh, uh, failures, I suppose, in the system. Yeah, and I guess, and this is probably very naive of me, which is why I'm a psychologist, not a politician. Uh, One of the things that was remarkable about the all-party committee was it was just that. It was a collaboration from all all sides of the House. All of the uh, political parties were involved. And in many ways, they kind of set the politics aside and said, we have a province that's really suffering. We have to address the fact that we have some major deficits. Let's work together. Let's work really cooperatively and collaboratively together. And unfortunately, when you then get this kind of report, it takes on um, far more of, you know, kind of the political gesturing or grandstanding and as opposed to sort of saying, hey, we've done some really great things. Here are some of the things we found. Here are the accomplishments we're proud of. But you know what? Let's acknowledge that we have a long way to go in a lot of places. 
And we also want to be far more transparent about um, that. I mean, I think a lot of people have talked about those pages of checklists, and that doesn't give me any meaningful information. Um, it doesn't tell me what it is you did to accomplish that. And, um, you know, again, can we go back to the making it more collaborative, reaching out to people. It's interesting. I know they did a lot of evaluation of services and reached out to some very targeted groups. We were one of the groups who presented way back in the day, and I can tell you, to the best of my knowledge, APNL, so all of the Psychology Association, wasn't contacted for feedback. Um, and we know that um, many of these recommendations have had a real impact on psychologists and psychology services. So what were among uh, some of the concerns that uh, your association brought forward? Well, I mean, I think there's a few things that, um, I mean, I remember raising the day the report was released and um, because there was a real emphasis and focus on wait times and wait lists. And what I wanted to see was meaningful reductions in wait times and wait lists um, because we know that in many programs and many services, they stop taking a wait list. Um, that's not a meaningful reduction in waiting times for people. Um, we'd like some information about how some of this program evaluation was done. Um, was it just people who completed programs? Was it people who were offered the programs and declined? Was it people who uh, participated briefly and then dropped out? Uh, in or I mean, psychologists tend to be kind of geeky about our research and our program evaluation. And those are really important questions that tell us so much more um, about, um, you know, what, what has been happening. Um, so knowing a bit more about that, um, it's interesting when I said, you know, even in terms of some of the details, one of the things that was in our report back in the day was um, looking at increasing uh, insurance plans, whether that was for government employees, whether that was making sure that contracts with the provincial government, uh, that those companies we're providing their employees with really solid insurance plans. Um, one of the checklists says that there are they've been working to improve um, insurance plans, but I haven't heard any details on that. And again, would love to hear some of the specifics as to what that's looking for, because that's one of the things we've been advocating for, for our public sector psychologists is better mental health support for our own. Um, you and I have talked about that in the past. Well, yeah, and one of the things that we've talked about at, at length in the past is the Association of uh, Psychologists in Newfoundland and Labrador has been talking about this um, hemorrhaging of psychologists mm -hmm. from the public health system. How are we doing with that? Um, I would say it's stable. But stable, and, and again, this is all public sector, so education, health, and post-secondary. Um, it, the hemorrhage that uh, we saw as uh, talking to our members, a number of them pointed to some of these initiatives, some of these plans, some of the lack of consultation before implementing some of the plans as reasons why they left the public sector. Um, but certainly um, in many places, we're still hovering around 50% vacancies. And, of course, that affects access and waiting yep. lists and the like. Absolutely. And we, again, acknowledge very openly, you know, there's been some excellent work done in terms of recruitment initiatives. There have been some issues around, like, market differential to try to address 
um, some of the issues for existing psychologists, um, but I think we've got a long way to go in terms of the retention uh, initiatives, and that's, again, a message that we have heard repeatedly from our members, is, and that's a much tanglier and much more complex uh, issue to try to address as opposed to a sign-on bonus. So those are those are easier and um, more, faster to be able to deliver. Dr. Janine Hubbard, I do appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much. Well, thanks so much. And like I say, big shout-out to all the people who were involved in this. I just wish maybe we could put the politics aside and have some really candid conversations about what needs to happen next and be brutally honest about it because it's only going to help um, the population of this province for us to be open and transparent and uh, work together for some solutions. So that was child psychologist Dr. Janine Hubbard who uh, spoke with me this morning on VOCM Open Line. I was sitting in for Patty Daly this morning on the uh, long-awaited evaluation report on Towards Recovery. Um, uh, Now um, Glenn Royal, a local mental health advocate, uh, joins me now. Well hello Glenn Royal. Good afternoon to you, Linda. So uh, this long-awaited uh, assessment report has been uh, released on Towards Recovery. Um, uh, some people pointing out there are a few uh, gaps, some uh, rather glaring ones in some cases, especially when it comes to long-term mental health. Uh, what's your assessment of it? Uh, it's uh, a progress, but I think there's still substantial work to be done. Uh, I think, you know, the issue around long-term mental health was not addressed in that report. Uh, the issue about uh, the retention and uh, recruitment of psychologists, which is desperately needed in the province, and I'd say you can push that in for, for psychiatry as well. And I think the aspect of the data collection of how that was collected and uh, what focus groups and stakeholders were engaged uh, was missing. And I think the overarching thing uh, coming out of the health court is the social determinants of health. And I think that's the thing that really needs to be tackled. If you want to fix some of the issues around mental health and addictions in the towards recovery, social determinants got to be the, uh, the topest priority for, for the premier and the uh, various members of the cabinet. So this report is out there now. What happens next? What would you like to see happen next? Uh, I would like to see the government to actually probably undertake uh, further um, action. Uh, what's, what's been out there by these reports, if it's the, uh, the Green Report or if it's the uh, Health Accord, and uh, start making some implementations because, you know, the issues have been studied and um, addressed by various stakeholders for years and decades sort of thing, but it doesn't seem to be a priority of government. And, you know, if you do not tackle these issues now, this is going to become a greater health and public safety risk uh, to the people of the the city, the towns, and the province, and the country. And uh, it needs to be priority versus uh, kind of bailing out corporate Canada or bailing out corporate Newfoundland with loans. What's your assessment of uh, the way the provincial government has been handling uh, mental health and addictions uh, issues to date? Uh, well, you know, they made, you know, some progress in terms of, you know, the various programs that I hope, uh, you know, implement through, uh, you know, the doorways or the mobile crisis team and, you know, the other stuff that they've done with uh, Bridge the Gap and all that. But, you know, I always use the analogy if, you know, somebody has diabetes, cancer or heart uh, concerns, you know, they show up to an ER or a clinic, you know, they're not kind of put on a wait list to say to see a specialist, a surgeon and given resources, you know, I mean, they're immediate concerns are somewhat addressed within a hopefully a reasonable time frame and it just seems that uh, mental health is not taken 
as significantly seriously as other physical health concerns. Glenn Royal, I do appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, Linda, for the opportunity to keep this on the forefront to government and for the community. And Glenn Royal is a local mental health advocate and uh, one of the, uh, I guess, uh, big complaints, if you will, about this uh, evaluation report is how little um, is spent on long-term mental health response. So uh, that is uh, something that uh, uh, I guess we'll be looking at in the coming uh, weeks and days. But as was indicated on Open Line this morning, um, uh, we are seeing the impacts of a lack of uh, long-term mental health uh, care um, and addictions care in this province and um, the supports that are available to people who are struggling in very serious ways Um, and uh, um, we're facing some pretty serious reckoning I think um, uh, right around now so uh, anyway if you have any thoughts on that uh, you're welcome to give us a call well after taking two days off sick (laughs) i'm going to be off tomorrow claudette just to let you know yes i have an outside commitment that i can't get out of so i uh, i'm going to be off tomorrow so i i'm assuming brian callahan will be in this might be the first he's hearing about this so maybe i shouldn't say so but i'll be back on wednesday okay uh so just so everybody is uh cool <laughs> I hope I don't have any, you know, weird relapses of this, you know, phlegm in my head, not to be too oh, gross about nice. it, but anyway <laughs> i'm holding my own i'm doing well today you so are. yeah well, maybe you do need another day's rest but i know you got other commitments Pe- that happens yeah that happens. for sure uh and um are you you got any plans for this evening now no i mean i like going out and looking at how nice it is i don't know if i necessarily want to walk in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know what you're saying although it's not too bad like yesterday evening once it yeah. hit about what six or seven you know the br- the the wind started to pick up a little bit and became yeah. a little more pleasant yeah you could you could live with it you I, know what i mean i i like that i'm i'm kind of like a goldilocks i like it just right <laughs> well you know what we found yesterday what did you find right outside our bedroom window what did you find? Two hornets' nests. nests. Oh my! They're gone. But uh, oh boy! Uh, so when I opened the window last night to get some air, and I was like, "That's all that was on my mind." I couldn't sleep. Yeah, I did say you couldn't. <laughs> they would have came come through your window. I guess. Oh God! Uh, you know what I mean? Like we've yeah. got a screen there, but they find ways. <laughs> Those lovely little hornets. I'm a big fr- friend and fan of bees, and I know that hornets and wasps have their role. Yeah. Just I not around prefer you. Prefer if they do their own thing. Somewhere do their else. thing somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. No, that <laughs> outside of this range here. That's what I hate. You know, like you, you, we don't get really great weather a lot, and when we do, we're then we got to find things to complain about, like the insects. <laughs> you know, why can't we just have an insect <laughs> they free? All have an important role to play, but not with us. <laughs> <laughs> just not. In my bedroom, more gotcha. crawling over my feet or anything like that. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> 
have a great evening. Yeah, you too. <laughs> you have a great day tomorrow. Let's hope there are not any more Hornet stories. No, indeed. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be looking all around my eaves now tonight. <laughs> uh, some A friend of ours actually pointed out last night, oh, look what you got there. And I was like, oh, no. Mm, and is it your job to get rid of these things? Not mine. Okay. No. <laughs> your husband has yes, a role. That, gotcha. He is the, the Hornet master. <laughs> you should see him with his ball cap. Just <laughs> He's like a ninja. It's really uh, something to watch. <laughs> anyway, so I'll be back Wednesday. Uh, probably Brian Callahan will mm-hmm. be in tomorrow. I can't guarantee that because I don't know what the plans are, but there you go. And uh, have a great evening, everyone. <laughs>